You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Moving Day, where we're taking a look at how the Holy Spirit moves us out to advance God's kingdom. What is photobombing? That is you showing up unwanted and unwelcomed in somebody else's picture. Okay, for example, for example, this is actually a pretty famous one that occurred a few uh, a couple weeks ago. I saw this a couple weeks ago. That is the Queen of England photobombing a couple of college students. All right, that's pretty cool, right? Like she, the Queen of England, like unwelcomed there. She wasn't invited to be in this picture, but definitely, probably not unwant, you know, unwanted. Like, like, uh, and you can find other celebrity photo bombs, and you, you know, is, are these real? And this one's real. This one's this. This one is for real. This one. Definitely unwanted and unwelcomed, right? Definitely the terror on that poor kid's face is hilarious. Like, there's probably something wrong with me that I find that so funny, but, but <laughs> that poor kid, like, ah! All right, uh, here's another one. Here's another one. Before, yeah, before photobomb, the word photobomb was popular, the most popular photobomb was the bunny ears, right? Like, you never did that, right, Brian? You never did that? Or, Brian, you know, Jared, you didn't... Never, never, never. But what happens when you do a selfie bunny ear photobomb, right? That's, that's, next, the obligatory romantic photobomb, like somebody kissing. This picture brings up so many questions in my mind. Like, why is that guy there? Why does he look to be in excruciating pain? And why, why, why the horses? Why do you need horses to kiss? Like, I don't, don't answer that. Please don't answer that. Please don't. And this was for my dad. He's probably out there. He needs to look. That, the red circle in the top left, that fuzzy thing, that's a spider. And so, you know, as you go across left to right, and then they discover the spider and, and, and everything, the, 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 the spider photobomb, the spider doesn't doesn't belong in the picture. And I've used this illustration here before, but my dad has killed an umbrella because of a spider in his bed uh, before. So that one was just for him. But photobomb, unwanted, unwelcome. And when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to evangelism, a lot of us kind of feel that same way. Like I'm showing up in a person's life, in a spot, in a scenario where I am unwanted and unwelcomed, talking about something they really don't want to talk about. And then on top of that, from the other perspective, the other side, so many people feel unwanted and unwelcomed in the established religion or the environment that they, they like feel like they're photobombing the church if they just walk in. I am so unwanted and I am so unwelcome that if I just walk into church and when I do happen to walk into church, I just, I don't belong. I feel like I'm photobombing something. Like, like, like people are like, why are you here? We're in a series called Moving Day, and we're taking a look at how the Holy Spirit, He rebuilds lives, and that was the first series, and now He rebuilds lives in order for us to take our rebuilding and take that out to other people who need to be rebuilt. And we took a look at the first week of Jesus saying, look, look, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give you power to be my witnesses. And his presence and his power is going to allow us to be his witnesses of, 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 of observing something that somebody else hasn't observed and be able to tell them about that. 
And then last week, we saw how Peter spoke to people who were just like him, other Jews, but at the same time, in speaking to people just like him, he actually spoke to people from all around the world as they knew it that day, and the gospel actually spread in that moment to people from all around the world, and then when they took the gospel back, the gospel went all around the world in that moment, in that instant. But Jesus told them at the very beginning, and we didn't talk a lot about this, but, but the Jerusalem, the Judea, the Samarian, to the ends of the earth thing. And a lot of people talk about how today, like that's like geographic concentric circles, like your city and your state. And That's not what Jesus was getting at. No, no, that's not a bad thing. That's a strategy. That's not what Jesus was getting at. He was getting at here and everywhere. But even beyond that, you're going to do this with everybody. So for, for Jesus to say, you're going to take this to Jerusalem, your own people, Judea, your own people, and Samaria, for the disciples to hear him say, you're going to take this to Samaria, is a <gasps> moment. Are you kidding me? You're taking, you want me to take this to Samaria? And so what we're talking about here are what I call closed forums, where we are unwanted and unwelcomed, but, but, but they feel like this is a closed forum for them, that they feel unwanted and unwelcome to come in to hear. How do we take closed forums and make them open forums where people can speak freely? We're going to be in Acts chapter 8. And from uh, last week, we were in Acts chapter 2, and from chapter 2 to chapter 8, uh, the, 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 the gospel, the, uh, the people started believing in Jerusalem, a revival was occurring in Jerusalem, and, and, and <clears throat> where 300 people got baptized on the first day at Pentecost, Luke stopped counting all people and said it, it got to the point where there were 5,000 men who were believers, so the first church in Jerusalem was a mega, mega church. We're talking more than 10,000 people in this church. Like, I don't like big churches. Well, <laughs> the, big, the first church was a big church. 10,000 people. That's big. That's big. I mean, think of the logistic nightmare of trying to, trying to have 10,000 people all across the city try to meet. They didn't have just this humongous spot just to go meet. I mean, the logistics is just crazy. But then in chapter 7, we see a guy by the name of Stephen. He, he, he was stoned. Now, I always feel like I have to emphasize this here. With rocks, not smoke, okay? He was stoned. He was killed, the first martyr, the first guy that was killed for, for his belief. And, and, and the guy by the name of Saul was overseeing this. And Saul went bloodthirsty. And he went around trying to arrest Christians with the intent to kill them. And we talked in the first week how the Holy Spirit will prod us to, to, to move us out like a revival was happening in Jerusalem. And some people, some theologians, some Christian historians, like, get on to the first disciples of like, you just, you just, Jesus told you to get out and you just stayed right there and, and, and that was wrong. Like, if a revival's happening, are you going to move? No, you're going to still, you're going to keep banging that drum until the revival's over. <laughs> when people start getting killed, revival's over. 
These Christians start moving out of Jerusalem because of the persecution. The Holy Spirit is prodding them to move out. And then we come across uh, uh, Acts 8, uh, verse 4. This guy by the name of Philip. And we're introduced to Philip in chapter 6 when there was an issue of, of the widows. Uh, 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 some widows were being, being overlooked in the distri- distribution of food. And, and guys like Stephen and Philip and other guys were, were, were put in charge of making sure that the food got distributed justly. I talked in a blog, and maybe mentioned this uh, last week, about how our, our role, we'll be given a role, but that springboards into disciple making and and, and and Luke, the writer of Acts, shows us that Stephen and Philip they, they received a role, but then immediately they springboard that into disciple making. And here we're picking up the story of Philip. Acts eight four, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria. Now we're seeing, we're seeing the, the gospel, we're seeing the, the, the name of Jesus be expanded to this Samaria that, that Jesus said. But, and he told the people there about the Messiah, but, but Philip, Philip, don't you know we don't talk to those people? Don't you know that those people we don't talk to? Just like Jesus in John chapter 4 when he went through Samaria and he talked to to this woman. Jesus, don't you know we don't talk to these people? Don't you know as a Jewish man you don't talk to a Samaritan woman? Especially with that kind of background. Philip's breaking all the rules. See, the deal with the Samaritans was that they were half-breeds. Centuries before, Jews married with Gentiles. And because that was a no-no by the law, they, they, they relegated those people to, to Samaria. And for generations, they were seen as these people that were less than Jew. They were unwanted and unwelcomed by the established religious system. Unwanted and unwelcomed. You, you, you get this from John chapter 4 when Jesus was interacting with this woman at the well. And the lady was like, hey, hey, you guys worship in Jerusalem, but we can't. We have to worship up here. So, so where is it we're supposed to worship this Messiah guy? And Jesus says, hey, 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 look. Time is coming, and it's really kind of now here. But you don't worship in a location. You worship in spirit and in truth. Thus, bringing down these walls that were established for generations. And maybe you feel like, you sitting here feel like, for whatever reason, for generations, maybe decisions that your parents made, grandparents made, you know that picture that you kind of hide in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the photo book of that person in your family? It's a black mark and that the religious system just will not want you and not welcome you. See, that's what the, the Samaritans feel like. And Philip went to, the, to, to these people. Like, Philip, don't you know you're breaking all the rules? But not only that, like the Samaritans really wouldn't want this Jewish guy like pro- proposing this other kind of weird sect thing about this Jesus guy. Like, Philip himself would have been unwanted and unwelcomed with this message. So what do you do in this situation? What happens? 
Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message. But why? Why? And see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And maybe you're sitting there going, yeah, if I could exercise demons and if I could heal people, people would listen to me too. Like, I can't do that. So do I have any options? What is behind healing people? It's serving them, right? It's serving them. Serving them into healing. In order to overcome these closed forums where people feel like they are unwanted and unwelcomed, in order to overcome those, in order to overcome going into a situation where you feel like they are unwanted, they, are, they do not want you and they do not welcome you, you serve. Serve the unwelcome. So many of you, especially the, the, the crowd that's here, know that we, we went up to Baldwinsville, New York, a suburb of Syracuse, to, 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 to plant a church. And we walked into that scenario knowing this. We were a Southern Baptist pastor from the South wanting to plant a Southern Baptist church in a place where they thought they already had enough churches to begin with. Thank you. Among a people who 75% of that zip code had always lived in that zip code. Well-established relationships. But also... Many people have given up on the church a long time ago because they felt unwanted and unwelcome. So what do we do? What do we do? I showed up at the chamber. Started listening. Showed up at, at, at the village. Baldwinsville is actually a village. The village board meetings. So when somebody... <laughs> shows up every two weeks like clockwork to, to listen to a village board meeting without complaining, that's odd. Right, Mr. School Board person? Yeah, that's, that's odd. That's strange. Like, you really don't want to complain about anything? No? Are you, are you sure you don't want to complain about it? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, right. It's like, what's, what's happening? <clears throat> I found out there were these community festivals that were all done by volunteers. They were put on by volunteers. And so we just started serving at these. And within a year, I was on the planning team for these. We're talking about Oktoberfest. Some of you, I mean, you know the, the, some of this story. Oktoberfest, Polar Bear Plunge, Blessing of the Fleet... Just showing up saying, what do you want us to do? Oktoberfest. At Oktoberfest, like, the, after the first year that they did that, we had moved there just two months before. And so we just kind of were there, kind of seeing what was going on. And then as the planning occurred that next year, they're like, man, trash duty. That was just gross. Like, yeah, I picked up a condom off the ground. Like, we'll do that. I'll get a team. We'll, we'll pick up the trash. Does that sound good to you? It sounds great to us. Like, yeah, absolutely. Showing up. Going, I know I'm unwelcome. 
I know I'm unwanted. So we're going to serve. We're not going to demand anything from you. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm just going to serve until there's a great joy in the city. Did you catch that? A great joy in the city. Among these people, they were like, Philip, I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm interested. And among these people who were, quote, unquote, unchurched, they did not feel welcome and wanted into the established religious system. There was a great joy among the city. When was the last time that the first emotion associated with the unchurched about the church was joy? Show up and go, we just want to bring some joy. Just want to bring some joy. And so, you know, Jack so graciously did the free candy van. Um, not only, you know, the chamber and stuff and, 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 and that side of Baldwinsville, but there was a, a park around the corner from where we lived, our, our downtown loft type deal. There was a park where all the drug heads went. I was definitely unwanted and unwelcomed. But they were definitely unwanted and unwelcomed. <laughs> best I got is a bag of Snickers. It's the best I got. Was it weird? Yeah. Was it dumb? Probably. But we ended up seeing one of the students saved before we left. brought a little bit of joy to that section of the community. Why do we do things like Relay for Life and pick up trash in order to bring joy to that section of the community? Why do we do things like, like the tailgate party and, and, and try to do more of that to bring a little bit of joy to the section of the community? Why, when we tear down these walls, we're talking about doing things like, like, like nightclub and, and, and having that form in order to serve the community and bring a little bit of joy to the community so that the unchurched think of cross point of thinking of serving and joy. Those that would be like, I feel unwanted and unwelcomed inside the church, but there's something going on there that I'm not used to. And that we do this, this environment on Sunday morning to say, this isn't a closed forum. This is an open forum. And like that first song that, that, that the band sang, that all are welcome here. We're here to serve you. We're here to give you something. See, that's why we've talked at great length about, about not having communication cards where we're sticking it in front of people's noses and say, give me your, give me your name, give me your address, give me your phone number. Of saying, I, no, 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 don't give me your. Let me give you. Let me give you. You came here, we're here to serve you. Serve the unwanted and unwelcome. Those for whatever reason feel like this is a closed forum to them. 
But as we do this, there's, gotta, there's something that we have got to be very careful of. I'll just tell the story. I put it in the, in the, in the event deal, and so you'll be able to see this. But, but there's a dude named Simon in Samaria. He was a sorcerer, and he kind of controlled the city by his sorcery, that, that people were amazed by his sorcery. And then um, <clears throat> word got down to Jerusalem that God was doing something in Samaria, and they're like, you sure it can happen in Samaria? And Peter and John went up to Samaria, and I, I would have to think that John chapter 4 was in their mind as they're going up there of what they saw Jesus, Jesus do and the revival that occurred because of what Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, talked about with, with that woman at the well. And, and, and they went up there, and they laid hands on the believers, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit came down on the believers, the people that believed, and they're like, yep, it's God. And Simon, who had believed and was baptized, but some of those old ways of life wasn't dead, was like, hey, fellas, that's a pretty cool trick you just did there. Man, here's some money. You teach me how to do that trick. That whole Holy Spirit thing, like, that's pretty cool. I what sorcerers would do is that I mean, they would train and they would give money to train in order that their sorcery would earn them money. And Peter was just like, that's not how this works. He's actually kind of, if you read it, kind of almost harsh. Like, dude, Peter, back off a little bit. And as I was reading this, as I was thinking through it, and like, do I skip this story? Do I tell this story? Does this have anything to do with what we're trying to talk about? The thought came to mind. You know what, as... We are tearing down closed forums and creating open forums. There's going to be an opportunity where we're going to be able to be bought out, like Peter and John, either with real money or with an ideology. And if we get bought out, open forums are now closed. I call this the Friday, nights, Friday Night Lights church style. You know, the show or the movie, Friday Night Lights, you know, the, 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 the booster club, people going up to the coach and going, you do this, you play my kid, you do this, or you win, 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 or else the money will dry up or you'll be fired. Because that never happens in church, right? The booster club never comes up to the pastor and says, you stop preaching this, you stop doing this, you stop reaching those people, you stop, or else. Right? That never happens in church, Right? Because if we get bought out, it's over. If we get bought out by an ideology, if people feel like that we are just a Republican mouthpiece, it's over. It's over. Open forums closed. One of the key things that, 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 that the unchurched talk about with churches is this. You're too political. You know what they're saying? You've been bought out. It's over with me. Do we serve the political process? Absolutely. It's part of our country. Do we get bought out by them? Absolutely not. And we've got to recognize that this is a possibility and it is a danger because as soon as we get bought out, either by real money or by an ideology, it's over. 
we will cease to reach people. So that was pretty heavy. Let's move on. What does this look like every day? What does this look like every day? Like, that's great. Okay, open forums. That's, that's, that's awesome. Maybe you're starting to kind of get some ideas of, you know, like this is closed or this part of the community is closed or this person is closed. But okay, I kind of, kind of see what... What does this look like in the everyday? So, so this revival is occurring. Peter and John are like, yep, it's God. And then they began to... They went down back to Jerusalem, but they were preaching around Samaria and different towns and stuff. And, 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 and then this happens to Philip. Now, remind, this is happening in the middle of a revival. As for Philip, <clears throat> an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. The middle of a revival... God's like, yeah, a still small voice is not going to work. I need the heavy guns, an angel. I'm going to send an angel. I'm going to have to be very clear. I want him to leave this revival and then go to a, this road. This road, that desert road, this was a deserted desert road. Not just a desert road, a deserted desert road. <clears throat> the text does not say this. But here, just to interject myself into Philip for a moment, as I am walking, I would have to be thinking, God, what are you doing? From a revival to a deserted desert road? Are you crazy? What am I doing here? That's why, that's why I think, I mean, he sent an angel, heavy artillery. I mean, this would have been reason for Philip, if it was just a still small voice going, no, 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 that was my taco last night. I'm, I'm going back. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, strike one, a eunuch, strike two, of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The first Sunday school class I ever taught, the Owsleys at, at Ridgecrest, the first Sunday school class I ever taught in high school, <clears throat> I was looking over the material. I was like, eunuch, what's this eunuch deal? And they're like, <clears throat> well, what a eunuch is, is somebody that has had their, well, let me, back. kings would do this. Kings would do this because he would give a servant or servants to his queen and to make sure no funny business was going on between Mr. Servant and Mrs. Queen, he would take the funny business portion of their body and beat it. That probably was a bad way to put that. <laughs> to the point where <laughs> they could not worry about funny business anymore. And so this guy from Ethiopia, who was a eunuch, had two strikes against him. First of all, he was a foreigner, which foreigners, just by being foreigners, were not allowed to worship in the established religious system of Judaism. They were relegated to the outside portion of the court at best. But we see from some of the stories of Jesus that even the Jews were kind of pushing them out of there. But being a eunuch... 
Deuteronomy 23.1, if a man's testicles are crushed or his penis is cut off, he may not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Not only was he a foreigner, but he was a eunuch. And according to the law, he was not allowed to worship in the established worship system, religious system of that day. Maybe some of you are like, isn't that kind of mean of God? Some laws were put into place by God to, to, to make us aware, keenly aware of his holiness and perfection. Everybody at some point in time were, was not allowed to worship because they were unclean. For instance, once a month, women were unclean to go worship because of their menstrual cycle. Whenever a man and wife had sex, they were unclean to worship because of the body fluids that were passed among them. They had to clean. Everybody, these were put into place so that everybody were cleanly aware, keenly aware of God's holiness and perfection, that we did not match up to that. In morality, but also just our bodies. But, he also, in Isaiah, Put this into his word. Isaiah 56, 3 through 8. And I believe, I believe this story of the Ethiopian eunuch is in Acts because of Isaiah 56. Don't let the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, the Lord will never let me be part of his people. And don't let the eunuchs say, I am a dried up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. For these people who are foreigners, who are eunuchs, who, who, who do not feel welcomed, who do not feel wanted by the established religious system, I want them to know they are welcomed by me and they are wanted by me. And I will give them a name that is far greater than sons and daughters. They will never be forgotten. And what did Luke do in writing this Ethiopian eunuch into God's word? We don't know his name, but his story will never be forgotten. His story will never be forgotten. And to those who feel unwelcomed and unwanted, God sent his son to the cross to tell you, I welcome you and I want you. And the religious established system, the established religious system of Jesus' day missed Isaiah 56 even though they had this memorized. I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and who hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, all nations. And the nations start outside of God's people. 
For the sovereign Lord who brings back the outcasts of Israel says, I will bring others too besides my people Israel. To the eunuch, to the foreigner who goes above and beyond and who just simply wants to worship me, there will be room for them to worship. To those who feel unwanted and unwelcomed in the established religious system of the day, but still worship me, I will have room for them. I will welcome them and I will tell them I want them. So this Ethiopian eunuch, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Ethiopia, south of Egypt, through Egypt, through uh, the, the, the Persian Gulf, into Jerusalem. This is no small task in a chariot. Did all this just to worship God in a system that he was unwanted and unwelcomed in. Seated in his carriage, he's reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside beside the carriage. If we listen to God, if we listen to God, if we listen to God, if we have this on our minds and on our hearts, and tomorrow, if we are going, God, there are people in my life that, that feel unwelcome, that feel unwanted by the church. What do I need to do? God will show us. He'll tell us. Either people that we already know or just random people. Will we listen to God like Philip? Leave a revival. Go to a desert road. Hey, 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 Philip, why don't you go see what's going on in that carriage, in that chariot? Hear and follow God. There's plenty of people all around us who feel this way. But the thing is, is that we live in Republic, Missouri, suburbia, Bible Belt, America. What was refreshing about Baldwinsville was this. They were honest. Yep, don't like church. Very few people in Republic don't like church on the surface. We have to get through the Bible Belt of people in order to find that they are unwanted and unwelcome, that they feel that way. Best way to do that, as we're listening to God, we serve Him. As I was preparing this, I was, I was at Arby's. Um, I, was, I was there at lunch. Um, there's a conference at Remington's, and, and I was there at lunch. and <clears throat> Kind of had a keen awareness of, 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 you know, serving people who are unwanted by the church because I was, I mean, studying for this, and prompted, had a prompting that there are two guys behind me with, with um, like, Miller Lite shirts, like business reps, or salesmen, something. Just ask them what you can pray for. I'm like, you're crazy. You're here in Arby's, right? Like, you're crazy. And this isn't, this isn't going to end well. So I walked away. And as I walked out of Arby's, there's a lady sitting there smoking, uh, one of the employees sitting there smoking. Well, at least talk to her. 
You're crazy. Now, some of you, many of you know this. People scare the living daylights out of me, especially people that I don't know. Just absolutely just freak me out. The reason why I was studying my sermon by myself in the middle of Arby's, there was a group of church people, some of which I know, sitting over there eating. I'm like, come sit with us. I'm like, eh, it's too, too full. It freaked me out to think of sitting there. I'd rather study my sermon and, and, and do my own little thing. Got to my car, like, dead gum, God. So I went back and, like, this may sound crazy, but is there anything that I can pray for you for? Well, I, guess, I guess my family. I prayed for her and her family and walked on. Nothing more special than that. I don't, this isn't like some evangelist story where, you know, all of a sudden there's a revival in Arby's. And <laughs> yeah, fry, you know, curly fries, like, it's halos! No. Who is in our life that God's prompting us they're unwanted, they're unwelcomed by the church. So serve them. Ask them how you can pray for them. Is there anything you can do? Random people, maybe. Some will win, some will lose. I mean, you know, I was batting 50% on Thursday. It's not awesome. But will we take the opportunity when Philip went up there, this guy was reading from Isaiah 53, which is one of the clearest prophecies of Jesus uh, in the Old Testament. He'll be a, like a lamb going to the slaughter and things like that. And the guy looks at Philip and goes, is he talking about him or is he talking about someone, someone else? And like this is like God loading the bases and throwing a practice pitch to the best home run slugger of all time. Like this is, this is like easy like all of us could get this right what's the answer to the question Jesus right Jesus Jesus is the lamb going to the slaughter Jesus is the one who who died to forgive us of all of our sin Jesus to this guy Jesus you are unwelcomed and unwanted and you feel that but you worship God anyway Jesus 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 is the answer to the question Philip took the opportunity. He listened to God and he took the opportunity. And that's all God wants us to do with our daily life. Listen to him, take the opportunity. Listen to him, take the opportunity. And the more opportunities we take, it's amazing how many more opportunities we see. And he's not only going to do that here, but elsewhere. Talking about the polar bear plunge. January of 2005, I'd love to take a small group of people, two, three, four people, up to Baldwinsville and Oswego and Syracuse to, to serve the polar bear plunge and serve some of the churches up there to see if that's where God would have us engage with people who do not feel welcomed or wanted by the church. Why January? Because if God will lead us there in January, he'll lead us there any month of the year. 
when the air temperature is colder than the water temperature for the polar bear plunge. To move us out. Why somewhere else other than here? Because it's amazing that when, those of you that have gone on mission trips, it's amazing that when we go over there, wherever there is, it's amazing how better we are back here when we come back home. It's amazing. Those of you that may, you know, have experienced this unwanting, unwelcoming thing throughout the years, I especially read 56, Isaiah 56, to show that it's not what God intended. And that God went to great lengths to welcome you into his people and to tell you, I want you among my people. And for the rest of us, to the rest of us, it's a keen reminder a clear reminder that as God has rebuilt us we are to go out and make disciples to rebuild others who are all around us we're not we're talking about converts we're talking about disciples people who are being rebuilt and that God has people in every one of our lives that he wants to take from closed forum to open forum. He has sections of our community that's closed. That he wants us to serve to go from closed to open. And individuals as well. And maybe we're starting to kind of, God's kind of working on the hearts and minds of somebody and some people and a group of people that, that he's like, these people. This person. Who is that? Who is that? Will we listen? Will we take the opportunity to serve them and see what God does in their hearts? Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for this time and thank you that you served us to let us know that we are welcome among, our, among your people. You served us telling us that you want us to be a, a part of your people. I pray, Lord, that, that for us as a group of people, as an organization, whatever you, as a church, that, 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 that we do everything we can to make everyone know that they are welcome and that they are wanted among God's people. And we as individuals, as we go out and we go into our neighborhoods and into our workplaces, that, 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 that we are recognizing how you're working in other people's lives. Open up our eyes to these opportunities. I just pray, Lord, that you will do an amazing work and use us to serve people from closed to open. To your name that I pray. Amen. Go ahead, stand with us and worship the God that has gone to great lengths to tell us that He welcomes us and He wants us.
But also allow God to work in your heart about maybe some people around you that He wants you to serve. Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching My Crosspoint.